the future of photography. Adrian, it's time to catch up. It is. It's good to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what listeners don't don't really realize maybe is that uh, the last few episodes were pre-recorded because I was out in the world doing doing one part of what I do is uh, doing the photo tour in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, that 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 made me very very envious. Um, why? I really because wanted to be on that one. Let, let me know why this made you envious because. Um, th th honestly, the response to that uh, photo tour was it was not sold out, um, and I treated it more of a uh, like a like a scouting tour because I want to go back. Um, but it was that just the name that just the fact that the that the country Kyrgyzstan has Stan in its name seems to deter a few people, which mm. I think that's, is that's completely unnecessary. That's yeah. That's a shame, but you know. The, the, you know the, so why did it, why did it appeal to me? So for, for for the way that you had described it, you know, uh, of, of the type of tour it's going to be is something that really appeals to me. It's got it's got cities and it's got landscapes, right? And I'm not a landscape photographer particularly, although I'm always keen to see new things. Um, uh, if when I shoot landscape, it tends to be urban landscape. Um, but the, it also seemed to include a lot of opportunity to meet the people of Kyrgyzstan. Um, and that's something that I really love, you know, just diving into the, the as far as you can as a tourist, diving into the culture, uh, getting the chance to, to see how people live and meet things. It, it was yeah, exactly the same with the, with the, the trip we did to Bhutan um, in 2017. It was mm -hmm. it, it was all of that. And it was about. It, it wasn't about what you saw. It was about well, yes, it was, but it was also about who you met. Yeah, and and that's and that's what I what I found so interesting about this. Kyrgyzstan is, of course, uh, one of the former Soviet countries, so it uh, it has that Russian past, but it also has that uh, that that very rich culture and and uh, past of its own Kyrgyz people, and it uh, it turns out that the people there are i mean there are like 14 14 different nationalities that live in that country um a lot of original kyrgyz people uh, a minority of russians who um who are still there and everyone seems to be so relaxed and living together in peace and it's it's one of the most open cultures i've met people people will approach you when they see you with a camera and go uh take my picture <laughs> <laughs> this which, is amazing which yeah and and that's the, the, the you know that's yeah. uh possibly in part because they're not overburdened with tourism at this point which which is another thing that well that that, that i i like the idea of i, I don't want to i i I'd like to be exploring parts of the world that have not been already ruined by tourism. And I know that that's a double-edged sword in the sense that I'm the one, I'm starting, you know, potentially starting a flood of visitors that then ruins a country by tourism. But <laughs> Well, it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not tourism free, not at all. They have lots of tourism from uh, the surrounding countries. The, the Kyrgyzstan is in Central Asia next to Kazakhstan, where, where which is where the Baikonur um, spaceport is. Um, but they, they're like the younger, more relaxed sibling of the Kazakhs. You know, the Kazakhs are the business ones and the Kyrgyz are more the, yeah, let's see, kind of people. Yeah, okay. You know? um, and they, had, they do have tourism. The infrastructure is really good. Um, they, they, but, but the time that we chose to go in, uh, in early June, 
was perfect because it's early in their season and there were hardly any other tourists, but the infrastructure was there. So it was this good mix of everything. And then, the I mean, the landscapes. I mean, the cultures are one thing to experience, but the landscapes, man, we had like all different kind of climate zones, green rolling hills with light that, that would rival Ireland and Scotland, um, f- f- spotty light and, and a bit of rain here and there and, and, and diffuse light, beautiful cloudy skies, uh, which is one of the things in landscape photography that I hate when you have just a plain blue sky. It's <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. boring. Got to have good um, clouds. <laughs> yeah, uh, rainbows, of course, uh, every now and then. Um, but then there's also climate zones like that would take you right to Utah, to to Grand Canyon, um, rot, red red rocks, um, uh, almost the desert kind of feeling in some places. Then they have the the peaks that go up to um, seven thousand meters. That's uh, that's pretty high. That's like twenty twenty three thousand feet. Um, that that have snow on them and those surround the country in the valleys and it yeah it, it was it was so diverse and such an amazing amount of photo opportunities this country i i i knew that it would be interesting but i didn't know it would be that interesting so yeah we're going back next year um well reserve me a seat <laughs> i will i will um and 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 uh but that's that's not what we want to talk about today because uh this this was not not at all the future photography even though i used the smartphone several times but well it is if you're going back it's definitely the future photography next year perfect <laughs> um no um but but it, it was pretty much a photo themed tour that was about um, the, catching the odd sunrise and being uh, being out in places that our guide was a photographer who knew the places and stuff it kind of brings photography back to what's important that you are at the right time at the right point um, that you learn how to see light and how to read light and how to use it um, it's about timing when when to shoot especially when there's like eagle soaring above your head um and you're trying to catch photos of those so it had its tech challenges it had its uh it had its compositional um the sides to it so it was it was <clears throat> anyway let's get to the show let's get to the uh, show yeah this one's titled bits and bobs because that's what it is it's Fair enough. a collection of unrelated things but uh i still found them interesting to manage uh, and I've uh, chosen three of those. And um, the first well, one, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, tell me, let's go, let's go for it. Yeah, the, the first one is, um, yeah, the kind of a heavy topic again. Uh, harkens back to episode 82 that we did here on the show just recently, titled Want Justice? Give Me Private Photos. And Ah, yes. But yeah, I, that, I guess that, people, that was a tough show to record. I'm still not fully recovered from the seriousness of that conversation. It, it is it, a that, very serious thing like yeah, law gave, enforcement gave me, sorry yes, gave, gave me moments of thought after we recorded that show oh my brain kept going on that one i, I still haven't quite shaken it off because it's it's an important thing but, so the, sorry the, anyway on you go. the whole the whole like uh, um, your phone and and other things in there are so private that uh it kind of feels wrong to give those up for um for almost anything and uh now, along this similar vein is what uh, the United States is now doing for 
people who apply for a visa to come in. And that is to give up their Instagram and Flickr usernames and other social media. So you're now, as a, as a visa applicant, required to give them your uh, log, not the login, not, uh, not, not, the, not the password, but you have to let them know what social media you are on. And oh, because they already have their there. own passwords, do they? <laughs> that, 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 was, that was one assumption. The other is <clears throat> that they would at least run. I, I, I mean, I'm just guessing here, yeah. um, but that they might just run uh, some AI. It'll over, be a watch over, list, right? It'd be a watch list thing, um, mostly. Uh, from what, from the small amount I know about working with immigration elements of the the British government in in my professional life, um, there, there'll be watch lists. Um, and they'll be they'll be running background checks. Yes, and that's I guess that's what it is. Um, and it's, it's a quite extensive list of things they want to know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they're, 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 there's a uh, here's an article that I'll link in the show notes that has a screenshot of that. Which um, uh, let me just go through the list that is in their pull down, which is Ask SM, Duban, Facebook, Flickr, Google Plus which doesn't really exist anymore. Instagram, LinkedIn, MySpace, Pinterest, QZone, Reddit, Sina Weibo, Tencent Weibo, Tumblr, Twitter, Two, Vine, Vcontacte, UQ uh, and YouTube and um, and I think any others that you might have. So they want mm, the, the, full, the full list of your online presences. And and of course, some, some of those are, uh, will be far more familiar to listeners in Asia than they will be to listeners in, in Western Europe or, or, or the States. And um, and not all countries need a visa to go to the United States. As a German, for example, they uh, I, I, this does not touch me at this point. Um, they ask for my email address uh, when I apply for their ESTA, which is their... Yeah, this, that's what we have to do here in, in Britain program. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, but but uh, that information is still optional. Um, uh, do you know what? I haven't applied for an ESTA for a couple of years. I think mine is still currently valid. But yeah, I don't recall being asked for all of that data last time I yeah, did it. I think the and, ESTA... and Canada has a, a similar, for, for, for British citizens anyway, Canada has a similar thing. Uh, that I think they call it ETA rather than um, ESTA. But uh, again, it's a fairly lightweight process. Yeah, and and of course they do this in the um, in that that's what they claim in the interest of national security and stuff. So um, yeah, I I'm I, I do have very mixed feelings about this, and <laughs> well, I would just like to put this out for people to know. And um, what so this, did did you know? Sorry, so I need I need to, to interrupt here. I'm afraid because following show eighty two, um, <clears throat> a listener got in touch. Uh, so, so hi to Colin Cameron. Um, thanks for getting in touch, Colin. And uh, he said, um, and it's uh, I'll, I'll just read uh, a little uh, snippet from Colin's email. He said, uh, were we aware that the UK border force has the right to not only confiscate electronic devices uh, you carry across the UK border, but can force you to unlock any device and decrypt data on it? And that law has been in place since 2000. Mm hmm. Now, I've never seen it done, um, although, that, of course, it, that's unlikely for me because when I cross the UK border, I'm doing so as a citizen. But I doubt and I doubt it would happen to you either, because, of course, as a European Union citizen, you have a, uh, for at least a little while longer, you have a, a right to live and work in the UK anyway. Um, but the uh, but but that law is there, which is interesting. And 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 Colin says, you know, just just thought I'd mention it because Chris has talked about his reluctance, be, uh, you know, to to go to the US perhaps because of these issues. So uh, it's it's there. It's interesting. I didn't know. 
And, and, and of course, when, when you look what that means for, for the future of like photography, um, it might for some people just have a bit of a chilling effect, you know, self-moderation happening with the stuff you put online and so on. So mm. anyway, just wanted to put that one out there as the first one. <clears throat> the second one is a bit on the lighter side. And it also goes back to an episode that we did. A while ago, episode 25, projection mapping. You might remember oh, that. I, I do. It was, yeah, there was, I learned a lot in that show, actually, because it's not something that I was particularly aware of. But, you know, um, projecting on buildings, but making the image, uh, doing something computational with the image that it takes account of the, the fact that a building surface isn't flat. You know, so I think projecting on things like um, castles and palaces and... and, and exactly. And old, yes, yeah. So um, uh, this one is a, um, just a video, that a YouTube video that I uh, found. I do subscribe to testit.com, which we've also mentioned here a few times before, which is the, <clears throat> yeah, the maker, the maker channel that uh, has grouped around Adam Savage of Mythbusters fame and... He also used to be a, a, a model maker and prop maker for ILM, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's um, yep. special effects company. Yeah, and uh, uh, so so this is uh, Tested.com is pretty much about making things and about expressing yourself with the things you make, um, and a lot of that is in in areas that are more around cosplay and things like that, but also around. Um, uh, yeah, just just movie props and models in general. And um, they had a guest on the show called Jasper Anderson, um, who's also known as Mr. Chicken's Prop Shop. Have you heard of him? Uh, I haven't actually. Um, that's that, that's a new one on me. I'm afraid it's not 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 something that I follow quite as closely <laughs> as you do. <laughs> so so uh, it's it's a maker who has a, this prop shop and he sells props and interesting things. And uh, they have an episode about his. Um, about his uh, uh, haunt kits. So he makes things for like that you could use in in the context of a haunted house or something. And uh, one of those is a classic, uh, his classic floating head in a bowl that uses projection mapping. Um, that that looks really that looks really interesting actually because it's. Um, uh, it, it, I hadn't thought that that would be a way that they would do things like that. I'd have thought that would all have been in computers these days. Mm, no, and in this case, what he is doing is there's a very practical effect. He <clears throat> he uses um, kind of an empty face dummy, um, which looks like a mask, but doesn't have all the features of it. Like the mouth isn't there. It's just flat where it is and has a nose and then just um, empty spaces for the eyes. And uh, if you go into the video, um, <clears throat> you, you'll see that kind of things where, where he uses front projection to project onto that. Uh, about halfway in the video, um, it, it kind of gets some close-ups and um, different examples of things. So it's a speaking head in a bowl that uh, that he built. And uh, then he goes a bit further, like uh, the, this, this whole thing in context with a hat and hair on and in an animatronic so instead of front projection he uses rear projection for that so the projector is built into the system and the the, the head dummy is pretty much a shell that acts as a screen so i found this interesting so yeah anyone who's interested in this kind of projection mapping thing that's definitely and making making and props uh, area that is 
uh, something that's worth looking into. And then last but not least, it is, um, well, it was, um, there was another WWDC recently, which is Apple's oh, there was, wasn't there? Worldwide Developer Conference. Yep. And uh, and uh, the, 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 we we know the two of us are iPhone users, so this is a kind of interesting for us, especially as we have a keen eye on what smartphones are doing and how they will will no doubt be the future of photography. Um, and uh, they announced iOS 13, which is their operating system, and uh, it has new photography features. So they are. I think it's slated for a September release, so it will go through its beta cycles now. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I have to edit that out. Um, so we'll have to go through its beta cycles and you will um, uh, have a few brave souls who install a very early release of that, um, yeah. <laughs> which I do not recommend. Um, but yeah, it, it has photo editing and, and other photography-related features that are, I, I would say, are not earth-shattering, but pretty welcome to... Um, well, the, so there's two two things, yeah. There isn't there two things I'd like to talk pick up about this rather rather than talk about you know the individual things. The thing that that hit hit me, two things. One is that um, we we're getting to a point now where there, there is enough functional upgrade um, that is not available on my older phone. Um, that it's actually almost it's actually almost worth getting a new one. Um, I say almost because uh, I probably won't um, because my phone takes perfectly good pictures uh, as it is, and I'm not sure how much I would use new modes of portrait uh, lighting. Um, but the, the 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 other thing that really interested me from WWDC is that I, of course, I'm an iPad user. Mm. And when I say iPad user, I, I mean, I, I try to do photographic work on my iPad. Um, uh, I guess, sure, I'll just qualify that and say I am not taking photos with my iPad. <laughs> but but I'm trying, you know, doing Which I editing. still think looks kind of funny. Uh, it's it's still yes it, it still it does, still does look funny to me um but but you know you see more and more and i i work in a, an area at the moment uh which is, which attracts quite a lot of tourists at this time of year we most we do see uh tourists walking around taking photographs with their ipads of course uh, and, and they're good good cameras in those as well of course oh yeah yeah and and absolutely. you have the biggest viewfinder that you could wish for so yes you do you certainly do yes but it's, it's, no, it's it still kind of looks weird yeah it does look a bit weird, yeah. Um, even if just because people decide to carry them around all day, which um, uh, not something yeah. I would prefer to do. But but the thing, so so now of course there's a thing called iPad OS. So iOS iOS 13 is being split into two branches of code, um, which at one level chills me to the bone, as I'm sure it does to you with your background in software. <laughs> but <laughs> code branching is, is is not a happy place to go. You don't do it. You don't do it lightly. Um, but uh, the, uh, the 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 concept of an iPad OS where they will be developing stuff specifically that the iPad can do because of its uh, because of its screen real estate actually yeah. is really interesting to see where where that could go uh, for me. And um, one of the big things that that has come up is, and I don't want to talk about this too much actually uh, because I, I want to have a show on this. Um, but uh, stuff they're doing with things like um, external peripherals, uh, stuff they're doing with uh, file system, uh, mm -hmm. stuff they're doing, you know, they're, some of the things that 
Um, my personal iPad workflow has had to make workarounds over the years because of the lack of those things. And and um, now you can you can pretty much like plug a memory stick in, and uh, you will be able to directly import into your photo app of choice, right? Exactly, which yeah. was not possible until now. So yeah, they they they're simplifying this. Uh, but let's leave this for a separate show because you know. yes, yeah, I don't want to go there. But but it, it is it was interesting and and welcome. Um, and I think you know for for those of us that are experimenting with you know mm -hmm. iPads as 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 a uh, I won't call it a laptop replacement. Um, what I as but as a primary tool, um, an iPad as a primary tool as opposed to a secondary tool in in a in a photographic. Context. And, and with, the, with the announcement of iPadOS, your your uh, iOS-centric workflow starts to become more interesting for me too now. Just, just saying. Ah, see, I need, see, you know, I, I'm the future uh, photography, you're the future mate. Photography. You're just lagging behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, I, what I wanted to briefly touch on was uh, the Photos app, which is um, on every iPhone. And it's, it's Apple's default photos manager. Yes. And uh, just a few of the things that they uh, announced for that. And uh, one is um, the, just a general revamp in usability. When you uh, edit photos, contrasts and colors and stuff, they have a new UI for that now, the new tools and adjustment dials that are kind of, yeah, the usability that, that was kind of lacking in the past, at least a bit. Yes, so it's going to be good to get my hands on that. I'm not. I'm not a beta tester, um, so uh, I, I'm very. In fact, I don't even usually take the first release. I usually wait for the the dot one release of most things. Yeah. Um, um, so, in fact, I, I don't even know what's the current Mac operating system. I think I'm still. I'm not even on the current Mac operating system. Actually, uh, really. On the Mac, we're on Mojave ten fourteen point four. So, if I hit the little apple and say about this Mac, I am on. High Sierra, whenever oh that God. was, 10.13. So uh, I probably uh, should do something about that. But. <laughs> you, you might want to look into that. Um, yeah. Anyway, Photos app, back to Photos app. The uh, second thing is um, they, are, they, they have this portrait lighting feature, which takes the, the, the depth in the scene into account using those several cameras to get depth information and add lighting effects. They now uh, added a new one they call High Key Mono, which is kind of a white background instead of a black background and different lighting applied artificial lighting applied but now you also get to adjust the position of those lights and their intensity so ah, virtual okay. lights i don't know how this is implemented so that's just what i got from their marketing material but uh looks so will, will you be able to use this so i can't use this because my phone is too old and you, you have a modern one but it's only a single uh, camera one isn't i got the xr which only has the the stereo camera facing me um which it, it need, okay, which, so you which, could do portrait selfies. <laughs> I can do portraits, uh, studio portraits, lighting selfies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing that is very, very welcome to me is uh, something I had to use uh, an app, a separate app for in the past, and which is uh, which is sorely missing is being able to edit video. And I'm not talking editing video in in, in terms of cutting it up and. And, and and making movie productions. No, this is about just basic things like brightness, contrast, and so on, the basic filters that you need um, and that you have for the photos. Um, those will now be available for videos as well. And that could be quite powerful, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not, not being able to run, uh, to, no, well, having to run your videos, even the smallest snippets that you think might need a bit of correction, and uh, being able to uh, change those now, not having been able to, that was missing, yeah. Um, you also can rotate video 
finally, that's another thing. The, the 90 degree rotation. Have you ever had the case where you started the video accidentally in portrait mode and then you turned the phone while it was, was recording, but then in the end you had this 90 degree rotated video because the phone thought I, it was in the wrong orientation? I, I, I don't think I have. I'm still pr pr pretty traditional in that sense. In it happens the, to me uh, all the time. Does it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so ninety no, degree rotation. I, I tend to use a different. I tend to use a different app rather than the the the, the yeah. OS camera app. And um, I'm a very so. much a stock app user most of the time because uh, the because of the availability, the, the easy accessibility from a, from the home screen. Um, and now yes. there's one more thing, and that's in the AI um, fields in the in the smarts field of the phone. Um, and Apple is, Apple is very, very adamant about constantly reminding you that they are doing on device machine learning. They have this whole big thing about privacy. And, uh, so they, they don't, at least a lot of things they will not hand into the cloud. And one of them is your photos management. Um, and with on device machine learning, they will now do things like, Uh, in, if you look through your photo screen, uh, photo screen, photo stream, you can, uh, have it automatically or it will automatically hide similar photos. Like you have four, four or five photos of the same thing. Uh, it will recognize that and, uh, pick one for you. Is it, is it, is it going to give you, uh, a, a little, I don't know, a little marker on, on it to say that there's a stack there? Cause, you know, uh, one of the things that, uh, that, That, that sort of thing really annoys me. <laughs> oh, it, it, it will be, it will be, it, it, it's, it's about clutter re removal and it will be no good if it does it fully automatic. For me, it will be no good if, if, it, if I won't have a way to influence that. And, or if it, I, I assume, again, I haven't seen the keynote because I wasn't Kyrgyzstan at the time, but I uh, assume that we are looking at some indication that it will give you a little stack kind of thing and show you that, oh, wait, there's more of that. And you might be able to even surface the one that you think is the best one, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. In that case, I'll let them off maybe. Uh, that's my assumption. It, I, I hope, I hope yeah. they didn't botch that one up. Um, and also the, the stuff like screenshots and, rec and receipts, photos of receipts and that kind of stuff is going to be hidden from you by default. So, uh, that, that's, yeah, that, that I like because it's, because yes, that is very annoying to, if you want to show is, pictures yeah. from last week and there's the odd uh, price tag on it that you shot in a shop or something. Yes, yeah, that, that that's definitely one that I would uh, I would welcome that one definitely. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the and and I think that they had also added some autoplay for live photos and for videos, so that is as as in your social media now, where most videos would start automatically playing. That's I'm, I'm I I assume that is also configurable in some way. But again, that's pretty much it. That's uh, that, that's what they announced. Um, again, not earth shattering, but. Yeah, very welcome. Little changes. Yeah, it's good to see it. Good to see it moving forward. Yeah, Less dependence absolutely. on third-party apps, more in the in in the operating system, which I tend to use most. So there we go. Mm. That's our bits and bobs for this week's episode. And uh, yeah, by the way, if you have topics, uh, anyone out there listening uh, has topics that we might want to touch on, uh, let us know. Let us know. Um, On, uh, on 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 the future of photography .com. that's the right address the future photography.com are you sure have... you know which podcast you're recording now? no i don't i'm and i'm a bit <laughs> under the weather so uh maybe that helped 
Maybe that uh, that is a bit of an excuse, at least. Um, oh, absolutely! No, no, just 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 funny. I thought you were going to rename us curiously polar. Then I was I was close to doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the uh, the address is tip the future of the future of photography the future of photography .com, and there's ways to contact us there. We have a Twitter account that is tfop now tfop now. And uh, if you have topics or suggestions for things to talk about, uh, by all means, let us know. We're happy to discuss um, the things that are interesting to you, as long as they are about yeah. the future of photography, right? Absolutely, we are, definitely. All right, so um, that's it for today. And we'll be back in a week with more interesting things. And uh, until then, take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Music